0: Welcome in, welcome in, and welcome back to the newest, the newest episode of 3 in, 3 out. I think the most unique Seahawks show uh, podcast, possibly recap that's out there. Brandon Schultz, my my fantastic co-host. I'm I'm Clinton Bonner, coming to you from Connecticut, all the way across this great land in Montana. You know Brandon better than you know me. Brandon Schultz is the co-host. Brandon, how you doing, man? Are you fired up to talk some Seahawks? Are you fired up to get into the buttery, the nooks? The crannies and everything already. How you be?
1: I'm glad that you gave this a little more intro because, yes, it's been a while. You know, this is normally the in-season show that you and I are talking after Seahawks games. And, you know, kind of a midweek show to go into some of the details that other places don't normally get into with regard to the games. A little bit over a week away. Thursday night football coming up in just over a week. And then we're going to have Seahawks on Sunday. And... Yes, it's it's been so weird not having preseason games to talk about, but uh, I'm actual football is going to be here any minute.
0: It's it's coming just around the bend, and and yeah, for for anybody who has who has never partaken or partook, I'm not really sure which one <laughs> that is, but if you haven't partaken yet, uh, yeah, three and three out is kind of I always called like a little a little side quill, a little sideshow. Like you guys have your pods some of the my, my favorite out there I love I love all the pods you guys put out there you and Adam of course and uh 3 and 3 out was always this look to say okay we watched the game together we know what Russ did and we know what you know maybe Carson fumbled over here but we 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 always were able to dissect and look at like micro moments and plays and and real, real subtle moments and actually spend maybe 4 or 5 6 minutes on them and dissect them and kind of go back and forth with them so yeah a little sad that we don't have actual games and i kind of find it to be funny that even like the scrimmages are all like hush hush you know like corbin smith and those guys they like well you know tyler lockett looked really good i can't say anything more than that but boy oh boy was he looking like he could still run a pattern like that's amazing that it's it's so so clamped down this year but it is what it is and i thought if we can't do it the normal way, you know, it's kind of like hybrid school and like schooling. Like, hey, if we can't do it normal, we still got to do it. So l- let's find a new way forward. So I came up with a list of, of kind of like nine ins and outs, like maybe like over-unders, if you will, mm. that we could discuss maybe in some quick fire fashion just of, but, you know, we're not going to talk about Russell. We're not going to talk too much about, you know, the most obvious folks, but in the tradition of three and three out, we're going to get we're going to get into the underbelly and talk about some other players that maybe you haven't thought of for a little bit. But but maybe you ought to start, you know, bring it percolating back into the, the top of your mind, because we're only a couple of what 10 days or so away from going to Atlanta and getting our first W.
1: This is a little dangerous, Clinton, because you know going into the nooks and crannies of the Seahawks roster, these are guys who could end up being cut come Saturday. And uh, and so if we're going over under on things, we may know by next week what our answer is.
0: Yeah, we may be we, we, we may fail sooner than we normally do is what it, what it boils down to. Which is nice, which is nice, but if you're ready, I've got I've got the first one ready to rock and we we could just dive right in.
1: Oh, I'm fired up, but let's get into it.
0: All right, so this is a name we all know. This is not exactly the the, the deepest nook or the deepest cranny. However, we're gonna be, we're gonna start with Uncle Will Disley. I mean, we are super excited that the dude is back. You know, a, two terrible injuries. We know this already, and now back from the Achilles, he looks good out there. They say they're taking the time with them, and we got we got stuff of course. But the question I want to lay out there is, uh, real real simple over under for you. Does Will Disley get thirty two? or more receptions in the year 2020 for the Seattle Seahawks 32 and over. If yes, why? Yes. If no, why no? I want some logic behind your answers. Uh,
1: yes. Well, if it, uh, if it's going to be under, it's because he's getting hurt again and which is kind of the unfortunate part of his game over these last couple of years. And the number is 35 receptions.
0: Oh, go. I said 32, sorry. Oh, 32. Yeah, 30.
1: Okay. So, and, 32. and so I'm guessing you pick 32 because, his uh, career number is 31 right now, just eight receptions ah. in 2018, 23 and 2019. But- wow.
0: So I, I did that blindly. I just did it because <laughs> of John L. Williams. But sure, you know, you, you could <laughs> you could make it sound like I did some research here. It just felt like a number that like if he did that, then he's. And he's had a fairly, you know, he's been out there a decent amount. And, and uh, you know, if you hit 32, then you're at to 50. And then you're then you're creeping into some some pretty good, pretty good effectiveness. So. Yeah. So what do you think? Is he, is he going to, I guess, is he going to break his his all time record?
1: I like the John L. Williams aspect of it, too. I, I hope that you brought some of these old school player numbers to each one of these numbers as to as to why you came up with the number. Now, now, now you have me expecting that for each of these.
0: Yeah, I apologize to you and the audience. Uh, you're going to be <laughs> grossly disappointed. But, but you know, again, maybe I can wing it as I go. Seems to work
1: out. 32. I, I'd like to go over on this because I'd like to think that Will's going to stay healthy in the season. And, you know, 10 games of production. That's what we've seen from him. 10 games, 10 starts, 31 receptions. And if we're predicting a full 16-game schedule, then then I'm going to say that he's able to do that and, and hit 32, even with Greg Olson on the team.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll weigh in here too. Like that was, that's the number in my head, but I'm, I've got to be, I'm an optimist by nature. And I think, I think he's going to go over this. I don't know how far over I'm, I'm just, I guess the, the, the conversation is how involved do you think he'll be week one, week two, week three? Do you think it's like, just get him in and pepper him in a little bit? Or do you think it's like, nope, Let's rock and roll like you know, Olsen and Disley are getting major run right out of the gate.
1: I think it's gonna be a peppering to start. This might be a number that it it comes, you know, down to the last three weeks for him to hit in a in a relatively healthy season, just to give an idea of you know, Jacob Hollister numbers last year, for example. He had 41 receptions and that was only with three starts and eleven games. So he he was able to hit that that 40 number within eleven games and now he's the third tight end on the team, essentially. So, and and maybe arguably below that, depending on how that depth works out uh, come the 53-man cuts.
0: Well, you did mention, you know, there there is again the cuts. You did mention we might be talking about people that uh, perhaps won't be on the team. And I I don't know. I mean, I've, I I know that people have a soft spot for Luke Wilson. I always looked look at him as a, a fairly mediocre tight end that did some nice things in some big moments. So you're always going to have a place in my heart. But I... I just, this is this is not even one of the questions, but a side question that comes off of it. Um, what do you think, Luke Wilson, actually make the squad, or, or is he is he on the short end?
1: I, I bounce back and forth between Luke Wilson and Jacob Hollister because on one end, gosh, if we're gonna sign a pass rusher, then that three point two million or whatever that Hollister is set to make is the difference between Luke Wilson and Hollister that drastic that uh, you can't just throw Wilson on for the veteran minimum and and sign a, a guy who could be impact impactful at the pass rush spot. So. I would say that it's 50 50 between those two guys, though.
0: I uh, got, yeah, man, and there's a 10% chance of that, I suppose. But like, like I like, yeah, I, I do like Hollister a lot better. However, if you're framing it against like getting, you know, what I also like better is getting a pass rusher. So it's like if we had to, if we had to send one shipping and we brought in, you know, if it's Clowney or somebody else we, we bring in late, man, oh, man, would that be, uh, I, I'd do it in a heartbeat just because i that's, that's where the need is, and obviously we have we have a good tight end room at this point. However, for me, I think Hollister is, I, want, I would want Hollister to stick. I think he brings yet a different dimension of tight end type that even Disley and Olsen are not, and that Wilson's just kind of a mediocre version of those dudes, whereas Hollister is, he's a different type of tight end, and we talked about this, I think, last time too. Why not let Hollister freaking go play fullback a little bit? Let, would we'll just give the dude a hyper position. Let me go play fullback. He can do that. He can run up the gut and, and you know find a linebacker. I'm pretty damn sure of that.
1: Yeah, if we're talking about what I like to see the Seahawks keep four tight ends and zero fullbacks versus three tight ends and one fullback, I, I I'll take the four tight ends. See, that
0: we we've come together. here. We've struck an accord. So I I like that as well. Well, well, well very cool. So I'll roll on to to, to Question number two in this, this, you know, I was called a special edition of three in three out. So we just brought back P rich. We were discussing, you know, before he came back when the whole Brit and P rich are visiting and there was some discussion on, you know, do you want the guy back? And I was like, actually like, I really do not, but you framed it up really nicely and said, well, do you like him better than David Moore? And then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I really do. I do like him quite a bit more than David Moore. I think he's more consistent brings brings that, that burner level and just kind of that high point athleticism that I think David Moore often lacked. He would like get lost. He would get lost in midair. Whereas P Rich is a bit of an acrobat. We see him come up with some really incredible, very athletic catches throughout the year. And if he's running out there as our four, maybe three with, with Dorset being hurt, you know, it's gonna be I I came to the side of, you know what? I definitely welcome him back as a 28 year old with open arms and hope he stays healthy. So the question though is Will a Seahawks wide wide receiver, not named Lockett or DK, score more than four touchdowns? So Dorsett or P. Rich, not in combination. So individually, will some other receiver, not a tight end, wide receiver, have more than four touchdowns? So can't do four and a half, five touchdowns or more, I suppose it's a real question. Do you see that in the future for Dorsett or P.
1: Rich? You picked a good number there. I I think... Since I'm probably going to be mostly optimistic on a lot of these, I think I'm going to say no uh, with this case because with most of the touchdowns, I think going to DK, Tyler, Greg Olson, Will Disley, if he's playing a full healthy season, I I think it's going to be tough to have another receiver hit five receiving touchdowns.
0: And I just want everybody to know I picked four for John Casey. I mean, obviously that's you know what goes without saying. (laughs) But uh, and with not house money come on Dallas. Oh, that's the, the, the house
1: memorial after he the, just got cut from oh, the bills man.
0: bring bring him back and I, I know we got myers now <laughs> no, but don't I, bring him back don't bring I, him. don't bring is he done is he done, is he's, he done? yeah I, he can't he yeah. can't hit
1: the long field goals
0: anywhere. okay we could just i mean he's kicking in buffalo i mean it's like 30 degrees there constantly you know so maybe maybe all right but either way we'll, we'll stick with myers uh, you know so I, and i'm sticking with casey because I, I, I like that dude but um but either way i'm, I'm also a no here it's like could I see Dorsett with three and P rich with four or two and four or some combination where those dudes are getting like, you know, six or seven touchdowns as a combination. Yeah, I could see that. Do I see any of them get those two guys getting five or other uh, Seahawk wide receivers getting five touchdowns? I, I don't, I don't either. And I, and I think Russ is in for, I know, I know the whole, you know, let Russ cook is happen to dominate this, uh, this off season and it keeps bubbling up. I think you and I have talked about this for two years running now. It's like, yeah, they're probably going to throw the ball a little bit more than last year, which is what we said last year when they didn't throw the ball too much in in Schottenheimer's first year. And it was like, yeah, they'll probably throw a little more. This year, I think they're going to probably throw a little more. And I think Russ is in line for, you know, all all things pointing to a a, a banger of a year. But I'm still a no on that one. I think uh, there's tons of touchdowns to go around, but it just won't be that many to Dorsett, you know, or P. Rich. And I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, and just to give people an idea, too, historically, you go back to 2017 when P. Rich had his 700-yard season and was a big part of that Seahawks offense that year. It was six touchdowns. And then you look at a guy like Jerron Brown in 2018, where it seemed like all he did was catch touchdowns, had five touchdowns on 14 receptions. So there could be a guy who you know Russell just finds in the end zone routinely, despite not having a lot of targets or receptions but the the likelihood of it being over four i think is low
0: yeah i think if it's going to be if there's a dude another dude it's going to be disley or olsen as as the other guy that 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 really picks up i mean we saw it with disley disley was he you know russ seems to really really dig him in in the uh in the red zone and the green zone as they call it in fantasy um yeah man i just i'm with you i think I'd be super happy if those let's let's put it this way. P. Rich goes out there and gets, oh, I don't know, 480 yards and four touchdowns, and he's he's a big, he's a, a key contributor on a team that's winning a lot of games. Yeah. I'd say sign me up right there. I'm I'm super happy. Well, let's let's bounce over to the defensive side because uh, you know, looking back at last year, we kind of sucked on defense. You know, we we just. We weren't very good, and yes, once uh, once Clowney got the the abdominal injury, it was really tough. You know, we just we couldn't contain the run. The edge the edge was always bleeding, and I mean, if we look back at who we started on on defensive backs last year. It's just a, it's amazing we won the amount of games we we did win. However, there was you know there was a dude out there who I think showed out pretty well, probably outperformed a little bit. And I'm gonna say that's Rasheed Green. Rasheed mm-hmm. Green kind of showed that. That growth last year, what did he have? Did he end up with four and a half sacks Four. what was his his total
1: last year? Yeah. Green was the team leader in terms of sacks with four.
0: So doing the quick math, can that dude basically 30% up himself there? So I'm going five and a half. Can green come in and get five and a half plus sacks this year? So if he hits five and a half on the nose, the bet hits and over, of course, can he make That's a, it's not a huge leap, but what do you think? I mean, we, we added other folks is green still going to get enough opportunities and, and he's getting some more limited chances. Will his pressure percentage be high enough that he's going to, you know, be in the range of getting, you know, five and a half, six sacks. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Will he convert some of those pressures that he, that he may have had in previous seasons to actual sacks? Because let's see, I'm going to be optimistic here because they really don't have anybody and say yes, but uh, I'm also, (sighs) uh, <sighs> not uh, super hyped about this defensive line. Clint. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, right. We're sitting here. I was at a, uh, I drove down to a, uh, a, a live fantasy football draft on Long Island last Sunday. Ton of fun. It's one that one I've been doing for like a decade and they do the big board and everything. And I drafted a bunch of Seahawks, which I'll, which I'll share with you in a bit, but it's also a, a IDP league. So you draft individual defensive players in that league and a sack is worth as much as a touchdown. So it's, it's important to get, to get your dudes. And, um, i'm just going over like the the best in the league like shaq barrett 19 and a half chandler jones so i know i know adam will rail and rail and rail on chandler jones to me, he's like the biggest gap of what a fantasy stud looks like and what and what a football fan like Adam is like this dude's not even that good of a player, you know, I think he had nineteen sacks, it's like, oh my gosh, well he's and like the
1: matt ryan of uh of defensive stats, yes yeah ex exa- very
0: very much so right the Rafael palmero, if you will the comp- <laughs> the great compiler which i which i liked palmero but uh but beautiful, beautiful uh, sweet swing but it was it was depressing sitting there on Long Island like going through this list of, of these, uh, these sack guys be like, can we get, can we get to like, and then the first, you know, who the first dude I saw on the list was who is a Seahawk, uh,
1: Mayo probably.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Bruce, I think Bruce he eight, okay. eight and a half, eight and a half last year. I'm like, oh, at least we got that dude. So, so that that'll ro- roll us nicely into this next one. So we got, we got Mayo. There's a lot of buzz about him. And then you got like Bruce Irvin, just like like jumping over, uh, you know, tackle dummies to show that he's still, he's still, you know, young, young and, and, and full of a uh, pith and vigor there, uh, throughout training camp. But what do you think who in your brain, they, they both come in. I, I got two questions here. Do they total this is a two for one. Mm-hmm. Do they total Bruce and Mayoa? Uh, 12, 12 plus sacks. I think, you know, why I chose 12 and then of the two, uh, which dude has more.
1: This is a hard question to answer based on not having preseason, Clinton. You're, you're just asking me to wing it. And <laughs> do they combine for twelve or more? I'm going to say not more than twelve. What was the, what was the other component to this? And who's going to have more between the two? Who's going to have more? I'm going to say Mayo just barely. And what's what's the what's the reason? What do you what are you feeling? Because I'm guessing, and you're making me guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's fair. I,
1: I think with Bruce being in more of that Sam linebacker role, I don't think he's going to have quite the opportunity for sacks like he did. I don't think he's going to get to eight and a half like he did last season. So uh, whereas I think Mayo is probably go- playing in a more traditional pass rush position that's going to give him those opportunities. And, you know, it, it kind of ties in with the Rasheem Green question in that, do I think Green's going to ha- show some improvement because the only information I have to go off of is they didn't sign Everson Griffin who went to the Cowboys for $6 million. So they yeah. must think that green has that capability to improve enough that they don't need to, to overpay bringing in Griffin to fill that spot. So yeah, I will, I'll, I'll say I'm high on green and higher on Mayo having more sacks than Bruce, but they're not going to make it over 12.
0: All right, you gave at least you gave the progression there. We got to see within within the brain. I know, I know these are these are tough to you know, We don't know. We don't have the, the the Mama Cleo crystal ball in front of us. Uh, you know, for me, I think I'm with you I'm on the Mayo part. I, I think you framed it up exactly the way I was. I was uh, kind of looking at the question to you in the sense that I think Mayo is just going to have more chances just to go do that one job. Just go rush the passer second down third down whatever that is just just go cause havoc and we're getting lots of uh you know great great uh coach coach talk about uh you know mayo really really looking sharp and really just looking like he fine-tuned all those skills and and maybe i'm drinking a little of the kool-aid versus bruce server who's probably who's, who has been more consistent and has just a better overall career certainly than mayo so far but I think the the script does flip, but I'm also going to go with over 12. I, I think Bruce is still going to bring the pain and, and, you know, get six, seven himself. And then Mayo are doing a bit more than that. I think the combination will be okay. I, I'm still with you in the sense that, um, when when the news broke that Griffin was signed for six million dollars, I, like I seriously, my my heart sank a little bit when I was like, man, that was the prime dude for me. That sitting behind, uh, you know, behind Clowney, that was like, all right, if we don't get him, this guy's a great Plan B, and he's a hell of a football player. You just get that strong, thirty three year old who just knows what to do day one. And for 6 million, I'm like, wow, the, uh, the Cowboys are loading up on on some talent on that on that defensive line. So we'll see how this works out. But I like that there's change. We'll see how it works out for Seattle. But at least, you know, going into this year, we seem to bring in like enough of these kind of like role players that I think we're going to manufacture kind of small baller away to just more sacks this year. And I'm hopeful for that.
1: Yeah, I think that's where I'm hopeful. And it's where I'm placing maybe my most hope in the offseason.
0: Yeah. You know that, that, and of course the, uh, the the glued together offensive line. Right. So it's like, it's funny. It's like the two big glaring holes and, uh, neither one was sort of addressed and one was really, uh, I guess they were both sort of addressed. They're so they're, both they're, sort they're, of addressed. They're both, yeah, they both are still the the biggest holes. Which in this COVID season with the uh, the lack of continuity, I'm definitely concerned about what's going to happen when we go live uh, go live uh, versus the Falcons. But you know, at the, same, at the same time, we got we do have Russell Carrington Wilson, so he could he could gloss over a lot of uh, a lot of potential mistakes.
1: Yeah, you said we weren't going to talk about Russell, but there it was. There, we're there was not, the we, Russell Wilson yeah, talk.
0: We 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 mentioned Russell. We mentioned Russell. We don't we know we don't dive into. But, but there are some others I do want to dive into here. So one for me is, so, okay, I'll get, this is, this is a pop quiz. Not exactly a question. Who is the most hyped player in Seahawks camp right now?
1: DJ Dallas by far.
0: Oh, you know what? He's not even on my top two. However, however.
1: Oh, wait. So are we talking about, uh, well, DK Metcalf is the next Julio Jones is I'm thinking about the difference of their,
0: the, the types of hype. Yeah, hype
1: type. Yeah, the, the <laughs> hype type. Like DJ Dallas is getting so much hype versus his actual time that he's going to be on the field, right? Uh, in terms of the depth chart, like he may we may not see him rush more than three times this season. You know, it's yeah. almost like the John Ursua hype from last season. Where he had a lot of hype in training camp, and we got one catch from him in the season. And he almost, so,
0: and he almost, he almost scored on that catch. Let's, he, let's, he re- let's remind everybody let's, that he he was about a, you know half a butt away from from scoring on that play. Uh, and you know, uh, so Metcalf was definitely my probably my number two. Marquise Blair the, would be and, the other one. Blair, Blair is Blair's the one where I, I was I was going towards. And that wasn't the question. That wouldn't be a real great question. Like who's got the most hype? However, the question that spawns from it is. How, you know, it's, it's this, is, I guess, partially how much of it are you believing in Blair? And the question is, will he start 12 or more games at nickel? So mm. we, this is assume he's healthy, assume there's a 16 game season. So don't, you know, don't worry about uh, injury and stuff like
1: that. So when, uh, yeah, when the the first nickel defender comes out, he's going to, that's going to be him. 12 yeah, exactly. times not, not, not
0: that we start the game in nickel because we all know we'll be in some basin. But once, but once we go to a nickel you know, tw- 12 he's times, the, you know, yeah. is he, is he going to be the guy? Basically, basically, is he, is he going to be the guy all year? Another f- easy way to say it is, are you believing the Mark, the, uh, the, the Marquise Blair hype? Do you believe, do you, are you on that? The hype train for Blair?
1: I'm going to buy it because of an article I saw coming from Joe fan and I will, I will trust his opinion on this one. I had him on the show recently and we talked specifically about hype and whether to buy in it or not buy into it. And so yeah. if he's saying buy into this hype with this player because of what I'm seeing. I am going to go with Joe on this one.
0: Yeah, you know, good good facts, logic and reason there. Joe's Joe's a great follow out on Twitter and he's been a welcome addition since he came over from from the dark side right with the, the 49ers and uh really get a lot of value from uh from checking him out. And that was that was a good a good episode that you have with him too. And I'm I'm I think I'm just full in on the Blair hype. I think I've just like mixed up the Kool-Aid, passed that out to people that I don't even know, like drank three quart, you know, three quarts of it. I'm mixing up more. Like I, it's, it's partly that I want to believe, you know, it's kind of uh, the David Duchovny of me. I'm like, you know, I, I want to believe these things are real. Um, and I just think I saw enough flash last year, like enough of like just the Again, the dude who flies off the screen, the dude who comes in and brings his hat, the guy that like really is disruptive and just, and and jars balls loose, even though he might get burnt every now and again, he seemed to have like just a skill set that is just fast, you know, fast with, with the, with the nature for, for putting a lick on people. Now, the one piece I just don't know is how will that translate to the slot? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how that translates to nickel, but I think the athleticism is there. And if I'm going to look at any coaching staff in the whole league to get a dude ready for that spot, um, then I'm, I'm going to trust Carol and trust, trust this uh this whole defensive scheme to get this dude in position. So I'm in on Blair too.
1: I was hyped about him last season. I want to be hyped about him this season now too. So I'm, I'm fired up for this. I know you got more questions, Clinton. What do you say we take a break? We'll come back and hit on more of these coming up next.
0: All right, welcome back everybody to three in three out. We are we are just diving into these what I think are intriguing almost like over under scenarios for our Seahawks this year. I'm Clinton Bonner. You can find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bonn. Brandon want you tell the good folks where they could find you as well.
1: Yeah, on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. And uh, I you know I don't hype up the other show quite enough as I should, but uh, go along to seahawkerspodcast.com subscribe. And Adam and I have a show from last week where we gave our season expectations. And I think we're going to look at the 53-man roster coming up on this next show.
0: Very nice. And that and that, that show, the Seahawkers podcast, was uh, that was my first foray into podcasts. So, you know, a, a little Seahawks side quill. The summer after the Seahawks won the uh, won the Lombardi, I'm mowing my lawn. I'm li- literally searching for like, you know, just everybody's talking podcast. You got to listen to the podcast and I just wasn't there yet. And um, they search, you know, Seahawks podcasts and there was like maybe three, four, five of them. And I selected yours because you guys had the best cover art, like <laughs> straight, straight, up. I was like, that's a cool symbol. Anybody who puts that out, I could trust that they have some semblance of taste and you know, art form clicked on it. And I, I was hooked ever since. So that's, that's, that's my origin story. So okay. nice to of,
1: know the cover art is, is good for something.
0: Listen, that's how I buy my beer. That's how I buy my life insurance policies. I, buy a lot for me goes on cover art, but, uh, but we're going to get back to the, the, the ins and outs and the overs for, for our Seahawks season coming up. We don't talk about the the big guys all that much on three and three out. Again, we like to stay with the the dudes that are kind of like the back in the day, the Al Woods of the team, you know, old thigh arm himself. However, I do want to, you know, we were talking about hype just before the break. We're talking about, Uh, DK Metcalf you know possibly being the most hyped he's certainly up there but this one is there's a dude with DK getting all the hype I feel like Lockett is so like under the radar and you know as you know I know where the hype is and I probably know where the just the physical attributes are however straight up more touchdowns this year DK or Lockett who do you think takes that
1: Uh, Let's look at this because Tyler hit double digits in 2018 with 10. In 2019, he had eight. And DK last year in his rookie season, off the top of your head, do you you know what he hit?
0: I think he had seven or eight.
1: Yeah, he had seven last year. So Lockett's had a a beat every year. I'm going to say that Lockett continues to be his favorite, but I also think having Disley and uh, Olsen on the team could Hurt the production in the red zone for DK. So I I'm gonna say it's it's still Tyler's gonna be his number one.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you on this one too. And I I put my money where my mouth was on this one. That that Long Island uh, fancy draft I was talking about had the chance to take take either or. Took Lockett, uh, got him in the fourth round. By the way, I kept Russell Wilson from last year. So yes, I have Russ and I have Lockett. Might as well go down the whole gamut. It is an IDP league, so you can draft indiv- individual defensive players. Who do I take at safety? Yeah, I took Jamal Adams, and then for good measure, because I didn't pick a kicker to the very last pick, I got a, I got Myers as as our kicker, which maybe it's, how, maybe it's maybe it's in a couple of weeks, but I'm really really uh, cheering for Myers. So I got dev- I got four Seahawks on my team. Once again, of course, is an homage to John Casey.
1: I know that you're a smart fantasy player because you took a kicker last. That's yeah, of relevant. course.
0: Th- thank you. You got people taking a like, cure, like the ninth round. It's like, dude, what are you doing? But, but I, but that's okay. We digress, but I, I am with the, on the Lockett thing here. I mean, Lockett also had, yes, he had eight last year. He was also not the same dude. Once he had that freaky leg contusion, you know, that, that, that bone bruise that almost cost him his leg apparently. Um, and then he really didn't get back to full speed so much later in the year, maybe week 16, 17 and into the playoffs. He was, he was starting to look like, like Lockett of the you know, the earlier season, but that dude was on absolute fire the first half of the year. And it's also like, you know, as Lockett goes, Russ goes too. So kind of feel like they're two peas in a pod. Of course, Russ elevates everybody he plays with, but I do think that Lockett is, that's his go-to dude. And, uh, you know, I was, I was able to witness, that amazing touchdown versus the Rams last year, because I was out out at the clink with uh, with Flock Miss Prime. Oh, yeah, and yeah, Kirk, you know, thank you, thank you guys. You guys hooked us up with the tickets, but that was, you know, just seeing that kind of that again, that this kinship between those two dudes. And I, it sounds like DK is getting there with Russ. You know, he taught him how to swim. Isn't that very nice, right? That's Some cool. life. Yeah. Very nice things. But for me, it's going to be, I think at least one or two more years of Lockett being like the number one guy as Metcalf just progresses. I guess the side question would be, what do you think? Are they going to get to a thousand yards a
1: piece? This is the year that we finally see two guys with a thousand. And, uh, I, I still think that Lockett's going to have the majority because he does, he is tied in with Russ in that way. I think he'll be his third down go-to guy. Although I think it was DK last year based on the injuries who ended up being looked toward more on third down last year but i i think a healthy season from lockett he's going to be the guy that that hits the majority uh, of the bigger numbers over over dk
0: yeah and, I, and i'm also a yes on that one too i think they both i think they both eclipse a thousand i would not be shocked if they both eclipse nine touchdowns you know so if we're looking at that kind of season mm. then then you know what we know we're winning some games, and we know russ is cooking yeah, which is what we expect, at least a little bit. More I mean, than come our- on,
1: if if John Freeze and Rick Meyer can combine to have two 1,000-yard receivers, I feel right. like Russell Wilson can can do it with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett.
0: Yeah, I, I, amen to that. I am with you 100%. So, you know, this, this one's a little bit maybe more cerebral, but let's dive into it. This, I'll just lay it out there. Will John Schneider make a mid-season
1: trade? What year hasn't he done a midseason trade? I wonder. I don't know. I'll say yes. This, this seems like, uh, yeah, definitely going to do it because we generally we see preseason trades after the fifty-three man or around the time of the fifty-three man roster cuts. But I do think that with kind of the jumbling of the rosters and teams trying to use the first couple weeks of the regular season trying to feel players out for. Uh, what they would normally see in the preseason. I think we'll see more trades now after the first couple of weeks and swapping, you know, whether it's sixth or conditional seventh or that type of thing. If a conditional, if the trade of a conditional seventh wins me this bet, uh, this over uh, <laughs> Clinton, I'm, I'm going to take it. I
0: like, I like it. I like the way you broke it down. And honestly that I was coming into this with the idea that he'll I think he's still gonna do something before the season starts uh, along the defensive line I think there's one more move to make whether or not it's clowny or snacks or, or or a big name or not I think he'll do something along that line so I was actually leaning towards no until you said what you said which is like there's so many unknowns this year and people in the uh, you know player personnel they just kind of won't know what they got. And are they solid? Now, that's across the board, the entire NFL. Right. Will they, will they know that they have a position locked up? They could count on that guy w- when the game's actually, you know, game's actually live and you pro- probably won't figure that out. It's week one, week two with some of these dudes. So I'm actually going to switch and say, you know what? You won me over. I think, I, you know, I, I think uh, I'm on the yes train now. I think he's going to make a trade as well because there's going to be more disarray than a normal year. It's a good call.
1: Yeah. Is it going to be impactful in the terms of Clowney or Quandre Diggs or Jamal Adams? No, probably not to that level, but you know, maybe there's hey. a Justin Coleman deal in there somewhere.
0: Uh, Justin Coleman was a hell of a, I take him right now. Hell of a nickel. So awesome. So I got two more to go. This next one ties back to our Disley and Olsen talk. And I think I actually, you know, floated this uh, last night. You, you had a couple of, couple of folks on, and we were talking about the, the 12 personnel, which for those who don't, you know, are not familiar with it, I'm not too much of an X's and O's guy, but I know 12 personnel equates to two tight ends on the field. That this much I know. Given, given Disley, given Olsen, given Hollister, I think we were something like 14% last year, something around there yeah, in 12 like personnel. That. It was something in the in the low, low to mid teens. Do we eclipse 20%? So one fifth or of our offensive players or more in 12 personnel in 2020.
1: That's a big jump. It, it makes is. it tough to quite to go that high. But I also think that two tight ends, two receivers, one running back is going to be really the best grouping of Seahawks players that they can put out on the field at any given time. Gives them a little flexibility. Uh, You know what? I I think I will say it's going to go over 20 percent because you have a healthy Olsen, a healthy Disley, DK, Tyler Lockett. I think I talked about this maybe with with Joe Fan even a little bit uh, with regard to this formation. But, you know, Chris Carson at running back, this is your best personnel grouping. And I think they're going to want to try and see those players on the field as as much as possible. Will it be the most popular? I don't think so. But I I think it's going to get over 20 percent.
0: Yeah, I like the logic there because you know it, we we kind of kind of keep gravitating back towards fantasy football. It's like, well, that's the whole point of fantasy is you put your best dudes out there, and and you know it, it's that's the that's the whole thing. And in this case, like, yeah, if you were to just look at the entire roster, and if you say, okay, Disley's healthy, right? Just put him in the the category of the dude can play, and he can play a full slate. Let's say by week three or by week four, he's healthy, stays healthy, and he's at a hundred percent. If you had to do like a fantasy draft of Seahawks players, is there another starting five that you could conceptualize that you'd want out there on offense besides DK, Lockett, Disley, Olsen, and Carson? Is there anybody who's even like, you know, fantasy is all about putting dudes in tiers. Is there anybody who's even like approaching that tier? You're like, oh yeah, no doubt that that person's as talented in that tier across our entire roster.
1: If P. Rich can hit that 2017 season where, he was 700 yards, six touchdowns, then maybe that puts him ahead of one of the tight ends. But that's asking a lot for him to put together a full healthy season too. So uh, he would be the one that I'd throw in there and even above a guy like Philip Dorsett because of what we've seen in him being in offenses with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and not even getting to those Paul Richardson type numbers. So if I had to pick between Paul Richardson or Philip Dorsett, I'd, I'd lean toward Richardson.
0: Yeah, I agree too. It's and and was, was that Manning or, or were we into the, the the Luck era, right? So that was. Oh yeah,
1: did I say man? Uh, yeah, I yeah, meant but, Luck. You
0: know. Yeah, but even, yeah, but even even I mean Manning at that time of his career, right? Versus a, a a healthy young Luck, and then go to go to Brady where it's still, he's still you know chugging along, of course. And and there's a lot. Of, there's some questions out there like could Brady throw the deep ball when Dorsett was there. Maybe not, and but, hey, we'll see it this year, right? We give have me, give best. me
1: two years, Clinton, and I won't be able to tell you which one retired first between Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. Just, <laughs> I'm telling you right now,
0: which is which is funny because it's true, and they they were really close to each other. But just but just remember, if they had to redo the uh, the 2012 draft, Luck would still be the first pick somehow. Right. <laughs> somehow.
1: That's, is that? Yeah did, did somebody redo a draft in this offseason and still take Luck first?
0: Uh, probably, probably, it's <laughs> probably Andy like,
1: Benoit. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that that. Bastard. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. All right. So we're, we're down to one. We got we got one more, and this is fun. You brought this up uh you know about weeks ago. So let's lay it out there. John Ursua. <laughs> does John Ursua have more than one catch for the Seattle Seahawks in 2020?
1: More than one. More Gosh. than one. This is does he, does this is a test double? of your optimism right here. <laughs>
0: does, does he at least double his productivity? As a Seahawks wide receiver in 2020, what do we think?
1: Does he make the team because he, he needs to get past Saturday, although he could come Correct. back or he could hit the practice squad? You know what? I Just because I know it's going to bug the rest of the team at field goals that's so down on John Ursua, I'm going to say he triples his production Whoa. from last year, finishes the season with three catches.
0: I am blown. Oh, trip three catches, and and of you know, considering how close he was last time to a touchdown, then he's probably going to score like a touchdown in three receptions. Just you know, just carrying the logic forward as a uh, because that's logic.
1: Um, but because he had point zero nine I, I, touchdowns <laughs> last season, because you know just that correct, the, correct. the, the difference of the glute uh, just, length,
0: just math. It's just it's just math. You know, I, I don't make the rules. I just do the do the calculations. Um, but I'm with you. I think. I'm still on the Ursua, you know, is, is a, can play in the NFL train. And I think that if we give this dude a chance and let him, let him work the slot, I think we have a slot receiver there still. I think I saw enough. I know it's tough to see this year, but the dude comes in ultra jacked. That's what you get this, this offseason, right? It's just, that dude looks better than ever. It's like, okay. Um, And you don't get much else, but you know, last, last preseason there was hype, but I thought the hype was legitimate in the sense that, he knew how to run roots. Like he would get open. He'd get, he'd find space. He would just sit down at the right moment. He had good hands. He's me, you know? So I think the dude actually can play. I do think he makes the roster. I do think he triples his productivity. So I'm a yes on that too. I, I also want to see Ursua make it. I'm just, I'm, I'm on the, the fan train of come on a dude from Hawaii that's drafted that late you know probably off of other other people's radar I want him to to make it I'd love to have that kind of you know just have that kind of change up kind of dude on the on the wide receiver squad so I'm hopeful I'm, I'm a yes on Ursula
1: I'd feel like a huge jerk to say that it was under one you know and, and have say that he's going to have zero catches on a Seahawks uniform but
0: because I guess you can't have 0. 0.9 catches no matter how we how we do the math you just you, you can't do Even that still, so yeah yeah, yeah, because that would, that would mean he does not make the squad. But but I do I do think he makes a squad. I think he's I think he's the fifth guy at this point. And I guess that that puts more right on that bubble. What do you think happens to Moore?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say he would be the one that I would pick to potentially be outcome time for the fifty-three man roster. And a, a big reason for that would be his cap number. Essentially, you know, the the Seahawks could have a little. They have all these guys on these restricted free agent tags like Hollister, like David Moore, that, you know, after watching them savagely cut Joey Hunt from the roster uh, uh, then yeah. and, and Brandon Jackson as well, then to bring him back and and resign him to a minimum type deal and then to have him get injured. I mean, that's uh, if they're willing to do that with those guys, then I could see them making the cuts to guys like Hollister and more, especially if it means that they are able to get a pass rusher in.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I I, th- I think it's curtains for more Wish the dude the best of luck if he makes the fifty three. I'll cheer for him because he's a Seahawk. However, I have not been the biggest the biggest fan of him as a player. And I think Ursua brings a different thing. Just the same reason I want Hollister. I think he's a different type of tight end. I want that skill set. It's like compiling a bullpen. You know, in, in baseball, you want dudes who could come in and do specialist stuff. And I think Ursua is. Different, more different than more versus more versus P rich versus Dorset.
1: It's a lot of moors.
0: That's a lot. <laughs> it's definitely at least a, a couple too many moors. Well, Brandon, that was it was a fun run through. I think we ran through nine questions. Plus, there was all these these tributaries we worked through as well. Uh, you know, any any burning ones on your brain? Things that you want to bring up, or, or just top of mind stuff that you want to fire at me.
1: No, Clinton, I I think it's good. I'm glad we didn't get into any questions about, uh, you know, the number of touches that Patrick Carr might get here in Mm. the uh, in the early season, because it looked like that they've they've already released Patrick Carr ahead of this 53 man roster cut. So uh, I'm glad we at least avoided one potential disaster by going looking at the overs and unders with regard to him.
0: Yes. And, and good, good luck to the young man. Hope he, hope he finds a home, uh, just to, you don't got to go home, but you, but you can't stay here for him. So such as such as life in the NFL. Well, Brandon, I'm very fired up, uh, for another season of three and three out really appreciate the, the audience and the chance to do this and, uh, yeah, look forward to chatting with you every single week after, after some big Seahawks W's.
1: Absolutely. Subscribe to this show. sbnationcom slash NFL podcast. Make sure you get these shows in your feed as soon as they come out. I think with that, Clinton.
0: There's only one thing left to say.
1: Go Hawks. Go Hawks.